You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's poppin' everybody? Hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your host. Here with me today is my brother Jay, who will be in every episode. I would like to think of it as more of a, uh, more of like a co-pilot situation, given our recent experiences. I'm, I mean, there is the captain and the co-pilot, so I'm fine with that. Okay. <laughs> but it's not like a special guest pilot, is what I'm saying. Okay, okay, I, I see. Guest piloting this flight today will be... <laughs> oh my gosh, can you imagine? imagine right. Yeah, it's like, it's like Harrison Ford, yeah. and it's hey. like, no. Hey, yeah, I don't know if I'm excited or worried. Wouldn't it be funny, though, if like pilots <clears throat> were just like celebrities in their own right? So it was like, if you found out that you had like so-and-so pilot, you're like, whoa. What? Uh, you be- flown with that guy before? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, <clears throat> I've, I've been on, I've been hmm. on his plane. I mean, the yeah. touchdown, I can't even tell you. Like I didn't like, even feel it. I didn't even feel it. Yeah. It's like, it's like, you think, yeah. you know, a good touchdown and then ne- and then you ride and then, yeah. and you're like, Whoa, exactly. Oh man. Like, smooth as molasses, smooth as molasses being poured into a bucket of cream on a hot summer evening. That sounds smooth. <laughs> <laughs> the smoothest. <laughs> I don't even know if it does. I just had like, this is, sometimes I'm like, I could record a podcast. That's nothing but my inner monologue. Yeah. And it's just like, because, because it, especially if I'm not paying attention and putting my effort into talking continuously, yeah. then like my conversation can go just about anywhere, like specifically to saltine crackers. Yeah. Oh, you know, you know it's what? Like, it's like, I don't know why I said saltine crackers, but like, it's the word that was at the end of my, of, of the, that I had at the end of the sentence. Well, it's interesting. You brought up specialty pilots because do you know who i bet given the opportunity and he never was would have been a tremendous pilot oh, tell me abe lincoln abe you, li- just, the, you just know the, the nearly undefeated <laughs> wrestling right superstar slash president lincoln would have been pirate. a great pilot <laughs> pirate pilot 
Oh yeah. You, I mean, you know, you know that what Lincoln would have done. All right. So everybody knows that Lincoln ruled the high seas, (laughs) but, but if, if, given the opportunity would have ruled the high skies. Hey, absolutely. Yeah. He would have invented sky pirating, you know? Oh, he, he would have been up there with like a blimp or a Zeppelin or something. Most certainly. Yeah. I mean, it would have had to have been something that could have stayed in the air because that was sort of his thing. And the same way that his ship stayed out to sea at all times, right. his, his blimp, That's it right. never comes down. Right. Like we all know the president lives in the white house, but Lincoln spent most of his time in his blimp. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I ran the country. Yeah. How are you supposed to see the country unless you can like see a large amount of the country at once? Now I'm starting to wonder why we have a physical white house and not a white blimp, a white blimp. You know, it's yeah. like, it's Who's like to say we don't, you know what? I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if we just did. If, we, if there was just like a <laughs> helicarrier style aircraft that the president spends most of their time actually on. Like, yeah, you don't ever actually know where the president is. Yeah. Oh, but, sure. 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 Yeah. What, what I would actually super prefer is a scenario where like in the middle of the country. So like, let's just say like in Kansas, there's just like a giant bolt that sticks out of the ground and the blimp is actually tied on like a really big rope and it just sort of like it just it's like it can't really go anywhere it just it it rotates in a giant great big circle there you go at all times okay so if you want to get super tinfoil hat oh boy okay wow this is this is like this is like my my i don't know tinfoil hat theory yeah (laughs) slash just one of those things that i've seen said before and i'm like hmm yes (laughs) <laughs> that does seem true um so oh, no. it's, it's 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 too it's twofold one of them is that like there there's i feel like a, a very recent and very big conversation about billionaires as as people in society and and how they exist and this immeasurable wealth that now exists amongst very few people and stuff um w- one of the things that i have seen spring up as one of these tinfoil hats is this idea that it's like it's like Really what's happening is that there are people who are much wealthier than the people who we can name as the wealthiest people. Right, like um Bezos. <laughs> like Bezos or yeah. something, or or Bill Gates or yeah. Yeah, uh Warren Buffett. It's like the really rich people know how to also stay anonymous. Right. <laughs> it's like nobody wants that target on their back. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it's like just just it's like that that's the true wealth is that you have you have so much that nobody even knows that's yeah. there that's like uh it's like crazy rich asian level rich right where it'd be like it'd be this is because like their whole thing is that they live in singapore and there's like singapore has its version of central park called uh tire saw park I, I believe at least in the book okay okay slash like, anything so you're not sure if that actually exists in the real world yeah i okay. assume it does that tire saw park is real but like this would be like the level the level of wealth this would have to be would be that like secretly unbeknownst to all of us there is a family estate in the middle of central park and we're not even aware of it that's how rich these people are oh sure 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 right? like yeah, can you yeah. imagine if you were just like wait are you there's you telling me someone lives and owns real estate in the middle of central park right and people don't know it's like that's how, how rich you'd have to be how how much is is a 1000 square foot New York city apartment. Take that into consideration. Digest it a little bit. It's yeah. a lot. And then how big, how big, hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm Googling and talking at the same time. How big is central park in acres in acres? Hang on, hang on, hang on. We're getting okay, it. We's going to figure it out. Um, 840 acres, right? Okay. Okay. So, um, Imagine, imagine for a second that there is a scenario where you own like 25 acres inside of New York City. Right. You know, it's like, (laughs) 
what like, excuse me it's like we can we can like we can go out and have like a bonfire in our backyard and nobody knows you know it's yeah. like Ima- yeah that's the other thing that it's right there in the middle and no one knows right right you can't even see it that would be be so unreal it's unreal okay the secret estate in central park yes do you know who actually lives there ben Abe lincoln lincoln it's gotta be lincoln (laughs) maybe that's where his treasure is lincoln is immortality i don't know how abe lincoln became the official presidential representative of the pop but it's oh he's the one true president of the pop (laughs) yeah the one our one true prez uh we should we should like maybe like stick a five dollar bill into our pop pop <laughs> sign or something or like have a rubber duck with a five dollar bill on it or something i don't That'd know hilarious. yeah i feel like there's got to be something there so we'll th- we'll think of it. it it'll come to us Which, be by the way some of these lincoln jokes aren't landing if you missed after the final pop or if you're not on patreon where you can listen to after the final pop the the last one we ran down the top 10 unknown facts about lincoln which are all actually true and kind of unbelievable true um but it is live and public to anyone who wants to watch it we like took down the paywall for this particular episode on our patreon page if you want to go check it out yeah so if, if you would just pop. like to get uh like a sense of what after the final pop is it's available at our five dollar tier on patreon this was a particularly fun and funny episode that we recorded um we will have a link to it in the show notes if you would like a to link go. into it oh, wow yeah. a link into it in yeah. the show notes mm-hmm. yeah we will do that uh otherwise if you would just like to go on your on your own browser you can head on over to patreon.com slash popcorn culture um yeah so there's that okay anyway so moving on to my other tinfoil hat conspiracy okay. as long as we're talking about the president living inside of a blimp that is anchored <laughs> in kansas <laughs> as long as we're there as long as we're there as long as we're there i mean it's like there <clears throat> there is a part of me that has that has had this belief system before that um like th- that okay let me let me preface this by saying this is a tinfoil hat this is not like a hardcore like ben carlin belief or anything like that it's just it's just the difficulty of like like navigating the waters of sociology which is like you know the the collective psychology of all people study of human behavior yeah Yeah. like like uh like in in this this collective scale or whatever um it's almost like i can't imagine that we're that we are going through these motions um as randomly as we might think we are like the the thought that has occurred to me before is that like uh in the same way that like have you ever heard that the tsa is almost like referred to as like um it's like security theater or something do you know what i'm trying to say uh i have i'm not familiar with this no oh my goodness gravy now i have to be correct i thought you were going to have exactly where i was going with this hold on hold on Hey, we're back. Um, okay, so security theater is the practice of taking security measures that are intended to provide the feeling of improved security while doing little or nothing to achieve it. An example of security theater includes tightened airport security measures in the aftermath of the September 11th attacks. So this is like the idea that the the TSA basically g- gives you the sense that there's like a lot of steps being taken but but maybe it's more the the charade that continues to allow for safety more than actually effectively stopping things from happening 
okay. It's like the belief that you will be caught if you even try prevents you from trying. Yeah. Sort of thing. And the fact that you have to take your shoes off and remove your laptop and go through all these weird, like pack your shower stuff in a Ziploc bag and you can only bring this much. Like it all makes you feel like if I had to go to all these precautions, everyone had to do it and they're checking for all these things and that means everything is safer yeah yeah yeah. you feel safer because you had to go through all these steps exactly yep Mm -hmm. and so the the idea is almost that if you were to apply that same thing to sort of like politics on a on like a very grand and big scale Mm -hmm. is almost this idea of like it's like what we're seeing are like the characters inside of the show that is actually like the the thing that helps move the pieces of the puzzle around in a much greater sense. So it's almost like these things happen and they happen and this conversation happens and and the disputes happen with the idea being that like it causes the public to then have a conversation or, or it's a way to like gently shift the way that people look at things. Yeah, I guess. So it's like you have to gradually get people to like shift the way that they might view particular topics or whatever, but you can't like people can't change abruptly. Like they feel very comfortable inside of like yeah. the the ways in which they may view the world. And so it's like in order to actually do this, it's like you have to be so many steps removed that there's almost like a marionette type of thing going. It's like they're they're like putting on a show and the show is what actually allows us to progress forward on some i feel like this sounds very like negative and to be fair that would i mean if you if we were like unknowingly a part of some big thing that would be sad i suppose it the positive sentiment that i have behind all this is that there is like there is like a a group of levers being pulled for the good of humanity. And it's like all of the things that happen are hopefully driving us towards better humanity. Well, I think this is just like, like social change just takes a long time. And you're right. Like people don't like to change, like rarely change super abruptly, but like the more it's like brought up, the more uh, it can be incorporated into like larger scale, like media stuff. And, like the more it does it, the more it just becomes normal. And then it's just like sort of happening. Right. And yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Right. Think, yeah. I mean, I think some degree of that is happening. Like people are like, like the people who are trying to make social change happen on like a really wide scale. Know that it's not going to happen like tomorrow. Everything's fixed. Right. That it's like a, like going to take like decades even right. to get there. <clears throat> right. Right. So it, I suppose, yeah, like the curiosity there then is that like each, each individual, like, like, um, step or piece of change or, or whatever the case may be. It's like, it's, it's like almost as if someone's standing, you know, 2000 feet up in the air is able to look at it and be like, okay, it's like, we need to get from point A to point B, but there's a bunch of points that we have to go through to get from point A to point B. And, and each of those little points inside of like our world, even in the, the scope of our lifetime, may feel like like we might live through like one, two, three points mm-hmm. of this entire like progression. And the, the idea would almost be that like this is it's like a very slow moving process. It's like we have to you have to inch through each individual thing. And I suppose I, I suppose I try to reassure myself that as as things happen in the world that maybe it's all it's all we're going we're going 
in the right direction forward uh, yeah. in the right it sounds like uh peter and valentine's plan in ender's game a lot it is a lot like that yeah that's a very good okay so if you have not read the book ender's game for one pause this go and read it and then come back um <laughs> the whole book <laughs> the whole book no, i'm just kidding ender's grammar another book you can't unread it's true yeah it's true ender's <laughs> game is okay so ender's game is a fantastic book about sort of um like a couple of different things there's there's almost it's almost the idea like that the thing that will achieve world peace is an alien invasion um in in a sense and ender's whole mission is to go and be a like the person who's tackling the alien invasion but then his brother and sister are staying back on earth and basically what they were smart enough to realize was going to happen is that as soon as we stopped being unified over the battle against the buggers up in space that we were going to all then direct our focus back right at each other and the point is that like Ender and Peter and Valentine are all like amongst the three smartest children ever born. Right. Yeah. 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 So like I mean, you're, you're talking about like um, if you've ever watched like Big Bang Theory or something like Sheldon level intelligence inside of like a five year old. Yeah. You know, but also more based in military tactics and less in astrophysics, maybe. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Where am I going with this? But anyway, yeah. So b- back on Earth, his his two siblings. Uh, this is this is what they start doing. Is they they basically like assume these identities and like they start really small and they slowly build like followings and they're they're basically putting themselves into a like a position of power for the day when yeah the war like the they weren't smart like they they missed whatever exact alignment was needed to be the ones chosen to go like lead the military or whatever which is what ender gets chosen for right but like they're super smart enough to realize that ender is smart enough to win the war and they know what's going to happen when he does and so like they spend their whole lives positioning themselves to be in the exact right positions of power for when that day comes and sure enough that day comes that day comes yeah yeah spoilers anyway you've, you've probably read ender's game probably anyway we've been talking about um theater and space and wars so i feel like maybe we are circling around what we are definitely going to talk about today which is what you and i did earlier this week which was go into an extremely immersive theater um experience involving star wars and disney world's brand new um galactic star cruiser experience if this wasn't the best segue in the history of popcorn culture (sighs) I don't know what was oh, thank like you. we, we really set ourselves up nicely to just like, <laughs> I mean like the tracks were built they were there. I, I mean, they were, they were oiled. The guy pulled the lever and we were able to switch over anyway. So that's a train analogy. Um, but yes, so we were invited down to Disney world to yes. experience the galactic star cruiser aboard the Halcyon. Um, and it was an experience that is like, hard to articulate like it's it was it was an unbelievable opportunity to get to go and and be a part of this because near as i can tell short of the um select disney like staff cast members yeah um 
who had been invited in to go through the experience, we were otherwise like the first group of people to have the experience. Yeah. Um, so in case you're unaware of what this is, Star Wars announced several years ago that they were going to have this like immersive Star Wars resort, which I almost feel like is a really poor selection of words. Yeah, it doesn't like even when I heard about it, like the the way it was described to me is that like everyone there will be like in character and it'll which which is true. But like like I couldn't even conceptualize entirely what it would be like because like in my mind it was like okay this will be the the hotel and while you're at the hotel everyone will act like they're in the star wars universe but then like you'll you know you'll leave and you'll go in the parks and but when you come back you'll you'll be back in like the star wars universe or something yeah it's like right yeah yeah and like people people had sort of made mention of the idea that like you know like stormtroopers might be patrolling the halls and you know like you might have like characters and stuff and that in that there is this like underlying um like uh larping live action role-playing experience that like you can participate in if you want to and it's it's like it's underselling what it actually is yeah. by like an immeasurable value. Right. Like, like it's, it's to call it a hotel is the wrong like category almost like you do sleep there for two nights. Right. There are rooms that are hotel rooms, but it is not like just where you're sleeping. Like it's, it's much more like you have gotten on a, like, like a cruise or something. Yeah. And, Uh, you are like, it's, it's not like this is just where you sleep and the rest of the day you're out at the parks. Like the whole thing, the whole like experience is, is your stay at the parks. Like you're not really going to be like most of the fun is on inside of the, yeah, inside of the, the, the Halcyon itself. So yeah, yeah, it's like, it's like once you board, it's really odd, but like, I mean, they have gone to such lengths to ensure that like at no point in time during your stay, do you like see the state of Florida? Right. You like, know, it's like, it's like you enter the doors to begin your journey and short of a scenario, cause you do go into the parks on for like on the, on the full day that you're there, um, into galaxy's edge, which is like the star Wars area of, Hollywood studios. Um, short of a scenario where you, where you leave galaxy's edge, which you would do of your own accord. That would be a choice you would make. Like, you know, you, yeah. you, you could do that if you wanted to, but if you choose to stay in galaxy's edge, then literally throughout the entire experience from start to finish, you never leave a fully and completely 100% curated star Wars environment. Right. Um, which is, it's, it's funny because I have, I have a friend back home here who, um, has been very tuned into it. It seems like he's had like his like finger on the pulse of like the general opinions, feelings towards this particular, (laughs) like he was someone who was really interested in knowing whether this was worth doing it and has been following it the whole time. And, and And I feel like, yes, I feel like largely like I was so excited to tell this friend that I was going because if anybody was going to care, it was going to be, my friend Mark. And when I told him, I almost feel like his reaction was really like subdued 
maybe frustrated, like not envious, you know, like right. it, it wasn't what I expected. Right. It was this like, oh, okay. That you mean that new super overpriced resort that Disney's putting together. And I was like, huh? Okay. I, I can honestly tell you that that is not how I expected you to react to this. <laughs> and what's interesting about it is I, I sort of got like the feeling of, of where he was coming from. And then I was very curious when I got there, I was like, what is this going to be like? Like this is someone whose opinion on fandom related things. I actually do trust. Yeah. You know, like I have asked him his insight on things before we, he's attended, you know, like Marvel premieres and stuff with us. And typically is like a great point person just because he's so leaned into the fandoms himself. Right. Um, in a way that I would say none of my other friends, you know, out here, you know, in Roanoke are right. Um, and so as I get down there and I start going through this experience, I'm like, man, this is like unbelievable. So it's like the, the second night there and he shoots me a text and he's like, oh man, I'm sorry. I forgot you were at the, at the thing or whatever. And I was like, man, this is like really cool. Like, I don't know what you heard, but I'm, I'm like surprised by it. And, and it was even funny because I was having such a hard time convincing someone <laughs> who was actually my friend, like that it was really cool. And I'm like, man, I don't know how, because once you've seen it, it's like once you've seen the inside and once you understand what it is, you get it. But I, what, what occurred to me is I was like, this is really hard to explain. It's I mean, because there's there's no like points of comparison that you can make because it's like such a one of a kind sort of experience. Yeah. Like, you know, it's it's to like hotel or even resort is the wrong thing. If you go to a hotel or resort at Disney world, typically what that means is that like, they're all sort of have like their own sort of theme to it. So if you go to like the Polynesian, everything is like Polynesian themed and the food is that way at the restaurants and the gift shops have unique things. And all of the architecture looks very specific and islandy and the pools have like Island themes to them. And there's totem poles places and there's palm trees and like everything is sort of under that theme. Right. I and yeah. And if you think this is just going to be like the Star Wars themed hotel, and there's going to be views of space out your window and it's just going to be their stormtroopers in the hall and the pool's going to have funny colors because this is a space water pool or something like. No, wrong. You're thinking about it completely wrong. It is not a resort in the traditional capacity at all. It is only a hotel in that you sleep there. Yeah. But it is just you sleep there because the experience itself is two days long. Yeah. If not a little bit, I guess a little bit longer, but like it's, it's more like you went to a Broadway show, except instead of sitting in the audience in chairs, watching it, you were, uh, one of the extras walking around in the background, except the main characters keep interacting with you and pulling you into the story. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's um, it's just <clears throat> ongoing all the time. Yeah. Too. So it's like it's like once once you're in it, th- like th- f- you've got like an itinerary, and it's like you know you're going to like lightsaber training. You're you're up on the bridge helping the ship navigate through like an asteroid field, and and these things that you're going and doing, not only are they kind of fun in their own right, but they are also progressing the plot yeah. you know it's like you're in an asteroid field 
for a specific reason. And like while you are in side of the asteroid field, one of the main characters of the plot line is going to like come in with an additional piece of plot. Like, cause you know, I'm, here's the thing is that like, you know, everybody needs the ability to go and work the bridge. Like th- there's not enough room on the bridge for every single person who's staying in the resort at one given point in time to all be in there at once. And so what, like the thing that's really interesting about it is that like you will have different time slots where you get to go in and work the bridge and other people have different times where they get to go and work the bridge. But the thing is, is that everybody's version of working the bridge is going to be slightly different because each person will, or each group will have a different main character who comes and interrupts their time yeah. on the bridge for a different plot related reason. Right. And so all of these different plots are all kind of like contributing, but that means that everybody gets to go into an asteroid field for a slightly different reason, but they're all the same story. Right. If, if that makes sense. So it's, you know, like during hours we had like a member from the first order come barge in and sort of like take over the bridge and other people may have had like the captain of the ship barge in and take over the bridge. Um, and, and both of those, contributed in ways that made like logical sense from your perspective yeah to the overall story so that it'll all merge together conveniently at the end right but that yeah. the, the thing that i think is the most kind of like unreal or unbelievable aspect of it is like what the crew the actors themselves are pulling off by like what they contribute to your experience on the Halcyon because during during this time like for one the the main people themselves will learn your names like yeah like the just the regular crew members who would otherwise be working the cruise ship right yeah and um so like everybody will start to like talk to you directly by name yeah um which they they pick up so fast super fast um but additionally it's like they've all got like these backstories you know like in in every single direction right it's like it was very interesting is that they're talking to you as just members of the crew like who are working the ship and who are trying to make sure that you have a great vacation aboard your the, your time on the halcyon but there is this like backstory element to them that is also like part of the greater story. Like they, they want to make sure you have a great time, but also they, the crew members are all really excited that Gaia, the international pop star is going to be performing on, you know, on the ship tonight. And they're like, are you excited about Gaia? And you're like, Oh, Oh, so like now, now they're like pulling you a little further into the story. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you you get it. It's like, like the, I think the very first person we talked to, it was like, you know, they were kind of like showing us around like the gift shop or something like, Oh, like, did you guys hear about Gaia's performing tonight? And we're like, you know, it's kind of like one of those things where we're like, no, like that's cool. But like, this is like in terms of the, the scale, like the ranking of, of like where these people, like what roles they play in the overall narrative they're, they're probably more like on the, on the smaller end of the spectrum. So like, you might think of it sort of just like, like this is, this is just a crew member in the more literal sense, like as a fellow human being, like, yeah, like, Hey, did you get like, did you hear that guy is performing tonight? And it's sort of this kind of like, like, are you just talking to me in a more like candid state, you know? Yeah. Or, or is this part of like the character? And, and maybe it's not even totally clear from the, from the word go. And then you'll, 
meet with like a slightly higher ranking person, you know, within the narrative and they'll bring up Gaia and you're like, huh. everyone's really excited about Gaia. Everybody, so, but like by the time Gaia shows up, it's like so much hype has been built about it that you're like, you're like, yeah, all right. <laughs> um, which is all very cool. But the other thing that's kind of happening, so you've got like the main central through line, like the main narrative, the main story, but there is an enormous amount of improvisation that's going on. Yeah. So like in order to give everybody these like very special touches, like these moments where like they get to sort of experience it, you know, in a way that is very tailor fit to you, your person individually. Yeah. Um, it means that like the actors know how to deviate from the main storyline enough to like, sort of like let you dictate where the path is going to go, but then also guide it back. Yeah. You know, so it's like, there aren't really side quests necessarily, but you can, you can, you and the cast can deviate a little bit. Yeah. And then they'll bring it back. And it's like, they're, they're trained well enough. They know the story well enough that they are able to do that. Yeah. And it's it like, I think the closest we came to like some sort of, side quest if you want to call it that was on the uh was on the final night we were talking with one of like the the jedi train the lightsaber trainers yeah and she like pulls us aside and is like okay now you guys might not know this and she like tells you a little bit about guy and she's like can i do do you follow guy are you with me on that and you're like oh yes of course you know because you want to like play the game she's like okay guy is going to be here at 655 can you give her this specific message and she gives us this like seven layer passphrase yeah yeah, yeah. it's like <laughs> the rising sun the two moons yeah. on the yeah yeah and you're just like oh yes she's like okay 655 here be there tell it to her she'll know what it means and you're like this is amazing okay great and like we were we were so excited because we felt like, oh, my God, so, like we're we're in on something like now. We, we got picked. We got picked to do a thing. And so we're like six or five comes cubs and we're just like looking everywhere for guy because like and but like she never shows up. Right. And we're like, oh, no, oh, no. Like this is such a bummer. We didn't get to do the thing. But then like later we ran into our um, lightsaber trainer girl again. We were like, we couldn't meet Gaia. Like she wasn't here. She's like, she wasn't here. OK, don't worry. We can still work around this. And she just takes you. It's like, whatever you told Gaia, it didn't matter. She was just going to come tell you to meet the girl back here again. It's like, like clearly somewhere in the background narrative, there is like the girl we talked to was told like part of her script is find a small group of people to give a passcode and they'll be because we know Gaia will be here then. And Gaia knows to be listening for the passcode from somebody. Right. And she'll pass it along. But Clearly, somewhere else in the narrative, she was held up and couldn't be where she needed to be, and, which and, like interrupted this storyline. But they were able to just pivot it right back on course anyway. Right, like you're, you're able to like find your find your way back very very quickly. And and it's funny too because it's like you as as like the the, the like passenger on this journey, you don't really know exactly like the roles that all these people are playing. And, and so like the fact that you could like literally interrupt somebody from something that they're like narratively supposed to be doing is just an incredibly real possibility. It's like, right. Popcorn culture is supported by arena club. Okay. So you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like, even in our office, we have not one, but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But something I didn't 
not know existed when I was a kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting. You know, to me, it was just like a rare Charizard is a rare Charizard. Like it doesn't, doesn't matter if it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip. Turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded, it can add huge value. And then not only that, but once they're graded, they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab. And that's where Arena Club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack, but it's for a pre-graded card. Now, I know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform, which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see. But you can also request them to be sent to you at any time. So they have got a ton of pre-graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do. But whether you're buying, selling, trading or or displaying arena club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out and right now you can get 10 percent off your first purchase by going to arena club.com slash pop pop which wow that is a crazy offer 10 percent off a 400 slab pack that's like 40 dollars right there anyway that's arena club.com slash pop pop for 10 percent off your first purchase Popcorn Culture is sponsored by Shopify. Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile, and it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. 
That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Like, there was one point in time where there's this, this like, smuggler character, and we had a passcode that we were supposed to give him based on everything, and I spotted him at dinner. And so, like, you know, he's, he's like, walking up, and I'm like, hey, you know, like, I need to talk to you about something. And he's like, what's up? You know, and it's like, literally in the process of me doing this, he was, like, supposed to be going on stage to introduce... Gaia, right? Like, for the first time, yeah. Like to, for everyone about eating dinner, like yeah, for the show, yeah. For fifty percent of the people on the ship, like this is like a huge moment. And I like literally, and you know, his whole thing, like he can't just like look at you and be like, "No, I'm sorry, like I'm busy with something." It's yeah. like it's like he kind of had to like humor me long enough to be like, "We will meet after this." And sure enough, you know, he then he was able to get back up on stage. He was able to introduce her, and then afterwards, he found me and was like, "What's up?" Yeah, you know, yeah. It's it like, like I need to talk to you, gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was like it was very good. It was very good. Like the way they were able like adapt to it and everything. Um, I was I was really impressed with the cast and crew. But like, yeah, it was it just from the moment you get on. Like, if if you're wondering what it's gonna be like when you're on, like when you get there, they hand you like this little. I guess it's an iPhone, but it's called your your data pad or right. whatever, and it just has this whole schedule of events that you're supposed to go through throughout the day and like they fill it up such that there is something happening every like 30 minutes for you. Yep. Like that you, you, if you don't want downtime there, you do not have to have downtime. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But then like, so it's also color coded to like, all like stuff in blue, I think for example, was all sort of like optional things. But if it was in yellow, like you need to be here to make sure you're keeping up with the story. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, and that was the other thing too, is that it was, uh, it was very interesting to like the, there are these like moments of realization where you're like, Oh my gosh, like because these people had made different decisions so far, they are now involved with the plot that it's like, like, like you're, you're in the main atrium. Have they been able to get everybody back to the main atrium? And you're like watching a plot unfold and you're like, these people were given a mission that was nowhere near my data pad. Right. And it's like, that's kind of interesting. It like, is like they're doing something. God, should I have been doing that? I, yeah. There, it, I think it's, it's good going in with a certain, like, um, like knowing a little bit what to expect. Yeah. So like if we went back again, I, I don't think I'd be thrown off. But I, I, there was certain points in it where there was this like feeling of, like feeling left out or like, did I make the wrong decisions or did I miss anything? Because the way you sort they sort of like schedule or the way it like sort of advances is you'll get like comms or communications or messages from the various characters who you're seeing around the ship. And they'll say like, Oh, can you go do this for me? Can you meet me here or go find this person and say that? And then typically whenever you get to that next checkpoint, you'll have like your little wristband and you'll scan it in and you'll talk to the person. And really what happens is because you scanned in that sends a signal to your data pad. Like, Oh, this person completed the task, right? Here's the next thing they need to go do. Um, but you know, we cleared out our comms. It's like, we feel like we did everything it said. Right. And then sure enough, they're like, yeah, all of a sudden you'd see this like huge group of people, like escorting a, a character, like secretly away somewhere. And you're like, well, what's happening over there? Right. Yeah. And it's like, what's happening is that along the way, when you're getting the messages, it'll give you cho- choices. Like, you know, you'll get a message from the lieutenant of the first order and he's like saying like, can I count on you to, you know, spy for me or, and you can respond to him like, 
yes, what do you need me to do? Or like, I, I fight for the resistance or, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, you can, you can, you're kind of like picking, you're, you're, you're picking your line, so to speak. And then, yeah. and based on that line, it's good. It's just going to take you with, with one of the main characters somewhere. Right. Um, so amongst the available paths you can take, uh, it seemed like there was like three main ones. There was like the, um, resistance or the first order or like the scoundrel sort of like the morally gray one. Yes. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot like playing some of the, um, star Wars video games. It's a lot like that. Cause when you talk to the cast, it's they, there is like an NPC feeling to them. Like they'll, they'll talk to you and it's like, yeah. Uh, okay. If I say it, it feels like you need to give them the appropriate like code word or something or something to get them to like, tell you what to do next. Yes. Yeah. Like, like sometimes it almost feels like, um, like I remember playing like breath of the wild last year and it was kind of like, sometimes you would, you'd walk into a new town and there's a whole bunch of like the NPCs who are all just standing there, like doing an activity fishing or something. And you might go up and walk up to one of them and like, Hmm, I love fishing. This is so much fun. What are you up to? You know, or whatever. And it's like, and that's it. That's that's all they would say. And you could keep going up to them and they would just keep saying, I love fishing. Um, yeah. But then like, maybe you go and like, talk to the king and you're like one of the fishermen has stolen my bandana you know like go and find which fisherman it is and you know whatever and then you go and talk to the fisherman and then he's like oh i lost it you know if you if you can go down river and collect these three things then you might be able to trade it in for whatever and right it's like there's it it felt like inside of the world uh or inside of the ship it felt at times like (laughs) Like maybe this is happening. Like you go up and talk to a character and it's like, if you have something you're supposed to tell them, then a plot can advance. And otherwise it's just sort of like, they're going to have general conversation within the scope of traveling aboard the house. Right. Like, yeah. Welcome to the engine room. Do you know what you're doing around here? And you're like, we found a secret lever and it's like, Oh, that's the whatchamacallit, you know? Right. Yeah. But if you just, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that I would say if I had like any, like, now I don't even know if criticism is the right word. It was just like this feeling of not knowing like what level of like, yeah, side questing or things were available or like what to expect in that sort of regard. It was like that there, there's really just the main storyline or at least like, cause you and I went into it. Like we want to try and like uncover as many secrets as possible. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it didn't feel like maybe there were as many secrets to uncover to uncover. Yeah. Like ultimately like I, yeah. And I mean, so this is uh, like, obviously we're there with a ton of different media. So like all of the different people that we were there with are probably covering it from a slightly different angle based on like what, or like what their channels are, like what they cover, what, what do they do? Like maybe they, maybe they're really well known for their, their bounding or, or like cosplay type stuff or whatever. And so what they're attempting to do is showcase those things as best as possible. Yeah. But what we do is try to find the secrets. Like we, we want to find the things that like are off the beaten path. Yeah. And I, I do feel like it was slightly to our detriment. I do think so. Cause I think me and you really wanted to walk away and be like, okay, top 10 things you need to do. Like definitely ask the bartender about his time with the Wookiee or, you know, exactly. Like, we, right. like who make sure you talk to this person and ask them about that. And I won't tell you what happens, but like do it. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. And it's like, there's not a whole lot of that happening. And, 
and, and the thing is, is that it's entirely possible that some of that stuff exists. It's just like, it, maybe it's kind of hard to find it if you're feeling around in the dark. Sure. You know, like it's, it's, um, I don't know, similar to uh, like when I was again playing Breath of the Wild, I felt like at some point in time I had done most of the things. It's like, I don't know how to find. Apparently there's supposed to be like one more uh, like, you know, thing I need to enter over here. And it's like, it's actually like built into the side of the mountain. You have to like hang glider and and be in the exact right spot in order to like swoop in. And, and, you know, it's like, unless someone tells you, that's some pretty aggressive exploration that you right. need to be doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's like, once I knew it was kind of like, Oh, that was pretty cool. Like, like who'd have thought in yeah. the side of this mountain range, there's like this, like, you know, this one area you can crack through. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I think, I think that we thought if we just played the game really aggressively, which is how we would approach things anyway, that we would find a bunch of these. And yeah, Ultimately, that was one area, yeah, where where we where we didn't, and then it was kind of hard to know, like, did we miss a couple of opportunities to be involved with the main plot because we were spending so much time trying to figure out what that lever that maybe we weren't supposed to find at all <laughs> yeah. does. So, like, yeah, so we had like a couple of situations, and and like I don't know if the, if like we were just like thinking about it wrong, or if maybe stuff like this will be added in in the future, or if it was just yeah, just I I, I don't know. Um, but like, yeah, for example, we're in the engineering room one, uh, on the first day, we're just sort of exploring the ship and like, first of all, well, the light spoilers, I'll, I'll, I'll just say, um, like in, in the brig, there's like a trap door that leads into the engine room Yes, and it's, it's pretty easy to discover. And, um, like you'll, I think you'd have found it anyway. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I yeah. think, I think that one's pretty okay, but that one's pretty okay. The, the, the the very very brief of it is that like the brig door was open and it was kind of like if you walk into the brig there's like a vent shaft on the ground and if you slide like or what you can discover is that you can slide that vent shaft and go through it and then you end up in the engineering room right and so like we found that and it was like oh this is like a secret entrance into the engineering room this is so cool yeah and then once we were in there that we found some like you know, there's just like a bunch of little puzzles you can solve that involve like teamwork and you have to like pull certain levers at the same time and stuff like that. And it's, you know, it's fun little games to play. There's no real like ramifications of it. It just seems like the ship is constantly malfunctioning. And if you want to sit there and try and like fix it, then um, you can. Right. But, th- but <laughs> there is no finishing. Yeah. It, like there's, there's no like winning. Yeah. There's no like the ship. Yeah. There's no winning fixing the ship. But so anyway, down in the engineering room, there's like a little closet and you can open it and um we're like reaching around inside of it just like you know oh is there anything in here or anything and beth finds this like silver like metal handle handle yeah and like if you've ever been to like a theme park and you're waiting in line like often there'll be lots of really cool props to like help entertain you while you wait but it's all like completely nailed down you can't move any of it at all and everything in this closet was exactly that way. Like you couldn't move any of it except this one handle. And so suddenly we were like, Oh, like we found a secret way into a, a back room into the engine room. And now we found like a, a loose handle. And it's like, you know, it feels like any other, like it felt like very video game. Like, like, you know, you walk into a room and it's like, yeah, most of the things you can't interact with, but the thing you can interact with always does something. Right. Yeah. So it was like, we found it. It was like, this must do something. And so we go and we talk to the other, you know, one of the, people working in the engine room were like, does this go anywhere? And you get like, I think basically what actually happened is the closet was not supposed to be unlocked. Uh, and that this is just sort of where they keep this 
tool for a later part of the story. Yeah. And they look down at it and they're like, hmm, that goes in there. And we're like, yes, but does it go anywhere else? And like, clearly she would like had to like pivot and be like, yes, I'll show you where it goes. Like, I think you can use it to fix this thing over here. And basically we were, you know, you just used it to like pull a lever and you could like disconnect some pipes somewhere. Yeah. And the, 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 like basically what it gave us for finding this random artifact was a very, very small payoff. Um, in terms of like we're, we're in a room that we feel like we've now secretly entered. We've found something that we weren't supposed to find. We asked somebody and sure enough, there is a function to it. And that function is basically just moving some things. Yeah. And uh, it's like, Ultimately, then what you later, what we later or quickly learned was that like there is the secret door entrance to it, but there's also just a regular door entrance to the engineering room, which we just hadn't found yet. Yep. And I think, yeah, so the, and ultimately that lever is used later as part of the main story, but just as part of like fixing the ship in a more plot driven way. Yeah. Like where you need to do it to actually advance the plot. But that's when the characters are down there with you, like telling you what to do. And yeah, so you're you're not going to ignite the change yeah. by having discovered it. Like it's it's not like you part of me almost thought like, oh man, we are about to to make the whole ship jump into action right now. It's like boom. Yeah. Like yeah, like are we like is is the ship waiting for someone to find this or something? Yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah. Like did we leave this open waiting? Yeah, like it, that's it, I think stuff like that felt like it was possible or like there was another time we were sitting at the bar and we ordered this like mustafarian drink and the mustafar drink comes with this like test tube vial of they say like i don't know lava rocks or whatever yeah which they're like you can choose the spiciness level of your drink by how much you put into it but then the bartender comes over and he's like it's also really good if you need to pass secret notes and like gives you a wink and you're like well well so he comes back and we're like do you have any secret notes you need us to pass you know like right like why would you tell us that if not, so like in like in our mind, the way we thought of it was like we just by ordering this drink, we've like unlocked a side quest. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah. Like it's it because I think they also said that like they're like the um, labels on the test tube itself. It's like it was a misprint. Like they weren't supposed to come in this way, but they did, and now it says something on it. Yeah. You know, and you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like <laughs> is. Um, this is cool. Like, this is cool. Like, Oh, what a fun fact about the test tubes. And I like, so we're like asking him, like, do you need us to send a secret message? And he's like, who's asking? And it's like, like, Oh, like, did we enter into the middle of something? Was someone supposed to tell us to come order the drink and get the tube to pass a message? And now I don't have the correct answer or just like, uh, I, I'm asking, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like you're trying to play ball, but they like, it's, it's so I don't know. This was this was like yeah the aspect of it that either maybe just isn't perfectly polished yet or or maybe maybe we were trying to like like lean in. I don't know if you've ever heard like somebody being like overqualified for a job, you know like like a job description. Yeah, it's like what does that even mean overqualified? It's like like I want the job. I don't care if I'm overqualified. Like I applied, right? Like it's like sometimes what that means is that you're going to be like trying too hard to solve a problem that isn't as hard as you think it is to solve because you're used to thinking of, of problems as difficult to solve. Right. And it's almost like you're thinking about it too aggressively. It's a lot simpler than you think. Right. It's like you don't so, need to build a Rube Goldberg machine. You can just like carry that 
uh, roll of tape from the side of the office to the other side of the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah don't, don't, don't over, don't overthink something that is already simple. But I think that given who we are, given what we do, that's exactly what we were doing. Yeah. Um, and I and, think mostly with this guy, the bartender was trying to do like, it's just like, oh yeah, bartenders in Star Wars are always kind of like shady and like, <laughs> yeah, like, and, yeah, right. It's, it's sort of just trying to like give you like a fun extra layer of like, like it's not just a test tube, you know, it's like, right. Like we use these and it's like, oh, that's fun. You know? And it's probably like, that's probably where we should have just left is, oh, that's fun. Yeah. But, uh, if you've ever done an escape room, this was, this was the other thing I could very easily compare it to is like, whenever I've gone into an escape room, I have always felt this really difficult divide between like, there could be a bed that is, I don't know, bolted to the wall. And on the bottom side of the bed is like some scribbles from the quality control factory that were written whenever this bed was manufactured and has absolutely nothing to do with the escape room. It doesn't change the fact that there isn't Sharpie written on the bottom of that bed. And you're yeah. like, is this a clue? And it's like, it isn't. And it's like, oh, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, it's like anything goes inside of the escape room, but some things don't go. Right. And, that was that was we were having a, a a few of those moments. I think so. Yeah, where it yeah. was like it's like oh yeah, and it's just like you didn't and like I don't know, I I don't know what I was expecting or like I don't know if it would have made the overall experience better. Like if if you know sure like if if he gave us like a message to put in the tube and it was like bring this message to captain you know veers or whatever i can't remember the captain's name oh sure <laughs> yeah sure, bring yeah. this message to the captain like and i like I, I think in my mind there was like a like if if you find the quest where you have to bring a test tube with the message in it to the captain the captain will give you like a like a pin or a patch or something and it's right. like now you have like a souvenir like i completed this quest yes or something yep absolutely like, and which i actually think would be a great idea yeah would would be i mean even if it's a sticker you know like you and i yeah. were talking about like on the Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger spin uh, in in Magic Kingdom, for example, if you get the perfect score and then you go and tell the attendant afterwards, like, hey, look, I just got like a 999, you know, 999 or whatever. Yeah. It's like they they will then give you what is what does the sticker say? Like, Galactic, like yeah, Galactic Hero. Galactic Hero. Yeah. yeah. And it's like it's a piece of paper with adhesive on the back. It's yeah. not a big deal. It's not very expensive, but also it's kind of like, if you know, you know, and by, by knowing it's fun. Yeah. Um, and so I almost feel like, it, yeah, if you, if you had like a little, like a little, um, like merit badge type of book where it's like, Oh yes. Like I was able to complete like this, or even for that matter, like in Epcot, they will frequently have like tour, tour the, I don't know. Um, Oh my gosh, my brain is not working today. What is the big circle called? The Spaceship Earth? No, 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 no. The, like, we're all the... All oh, the, World Showcase. The World Showcase. Yes. Tour the World Showcase. Yeah. Um, And, it, you know, it's like, go and stop at, like, this spot in Canada and this spot in France and this spot in Italy and this spot in Mexico. And, like, if you get, like, all your stamps, then, you know, you can go and redeem it for this other thing. It's like, get, you know, give us a passport or something where it's like, ah, oh, like, the test tube mission. Now I have context for the test tube mission. Right. Look, I have a check mark in my book that I completed the test tube mission. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, that's, that's just not there. Yeah. And it's like, I, 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 to that end, it's like, if they gave you a little book or something and it was like, you're trying to complete these missions that I feel like then it does like, 
take you out of the story. Like you're not playing the story That's as much. Like if there's like an inbuilt game to it that like, um, but, but I don't know. I feel like there are ways it could be incorporated in, in some capacity. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Like, like there were, um, like, so the way the data pad works is that it's incorporated into a pre-existing app that works with Disney parks called Disney play. And like, I think it's a really cool thing for kids because what it is is like, um, it's just little hidden things in the park that if you have the app, you can like typically scan something and it'll like give you points or something or give you like a digital item or something. And it's just like a cool extra layer that you're normally walking past in the parks. But if you're tuned into it, it's like a cool thing you can just kind of go do. So it's yeah, it's just a little bit of an Easter egg. Yeah, it's like a little Easter egg game you can do in the parks or whatever. And so like um, when we went down to Batu, like all of a sudden there's tons of these little like um, there's like uh, you have a scanner built into your data pad. And if you scan these little QR codes that you can find on the crates, you can get access to whatever's in the crates. And it'll give you like a you're like, oh, you found like a digital blast. Or you found like a blaster and it's like it adds it to your inventory. And you're like, oh, it's so cool. But it's like, did you ever use that blaster for anything? No, because that wasn't really part of the Halcyon experience. It was just part of Disney play and you were in the right spot and you did it. And you, but like some things you would find, you'd be like, oh, you got like seven more credits or something. It's like, okay, cool. What do I use the credits for? Nothing. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But even, even if that happened, if it was just like, oh, yeah, like you delivered the note, thanks. Here's an extra. Let me give you 10 credits or something. And then if you could go spend the credits or something sure, somewhere. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> or, or yeah, like, you know, how many times in Star Wars have you seen it where it's like they can't open the blast door and so they shoot it with the blaster and then it just opens and it's like, I don't exactly know what the actual electrical dealings are with, you know, shooting the control panel and then yeah. it opening the door. Um, but I also think sometimes they shoot the control panel to make it not open the door. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it goes a little bit of both ways. But like, let's say, yeah, like you found a blaster and then you find a door that's locked and it's sort of like instead of it just being like you don't have the proper credentials it's like would you like to use your blaster to enter this door it's like yes yeah like, that's exactly what i want to happen and it's like okay bleep and then it's like the door opens and you're like oh cool yeah um yeah like uh, just little things i don't know disney if you're listening we're, we're happy to come yeah. consult <laughs> yeah. you we'll know go. we'll go go but it's like yeah it's like i don't know like is that their goal are they trying to gamify it at all or is it just like you're just living through the story and like maybe those are just different objectives and that's just that right and we're just thinking about it incorrectly but uh there are also other like actual sort of inbuilt mini games in the experience like when you go to the bridge training this was like really fun like you sort of cycle through these four different stations and each one is like this kind of like mini game you play with like the control panels that you always see like people using in Star Wars with all the flashing lights and switches and dials and it's always like, oh, I wonder what all those things do. And it's like you get to play with them and like one of them lets you shoot lasers at like incoming TIE fighters and or asteroids or whatever is outside the ship and one is like a little puzzle game and you have to try and like, un, you know, undo or flip as many switches as possible in the correct order and um, stuff like that. And they're all really fun. Uh, as you're doing them, but you do it for the bridge training and then you just sort of leave and it like it comes up again later as part of the actual story. And so like you already know what to do during that point, but it's like you can't go back and just play Play. it in the meantime, which feels like it would have been really fun to just kind of go like, oh yeah, the bridge is open. It's not being used for anything. Can we go play the games? Right. Or something. Yeah. 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 So there's, there's a couple of like little details like that or, or even like, you know, 
look, I don't want to really think of it as if you were like competing with the other passengers, but it does feel like there could be like an, like an air quotes arcade sense. Yeah. Like where at a typical resort, for example, there may just literally be an arcade you could go and play in with like ski ball. Yeah. You know, and the idea here might be that like they've definitely 100% top to bottom Star Warsified everything to do with it. It's definitely not ski ball. It is definitely a game that was invented for the experience, but it's like an arcade is still an aspect of a resort. Like you yeah. could still treat it like an arcade and like, let go, you know, let people go and rack right. up scores and have like a leaderboard and, and stuff like that. Like, you know, who's, who's the top shieldsman of the ship? Yeah. You know, and like, you get like a little tiny piece of notoriety that I don't yeah. know, it's just fun to, Right. I can see that being like, because like everyone has to go do the lightsaber training or something. Right. So it would be interesting if like at the end, like it's because there are like, you know, musters or whatever, where the whole ship comes together. Yep. If they were like, well, everyone went through the saber training and the high that, you know, our best crew member was if you got like a tiny little medal or something for being the, yeah, the, the person highest who, score. who like blocked the most blaster shots. Yeah. Or something. something like yeah. that. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I, it, it would seem like that because there were times where like you had completed all your comms and you were just sort of waiting for the next thing to happen. And like they fill up your schedule and the stuff you can do, um, like, you know, if you want to go like play in the Sabak tournament or if you want to get lunch or if you want to, um, there's like, there was like dance lessons at one point for yeah. like, a, you know, so you knew how to do the dance for the guy concert, but it's like, you might not be interested in every little thing yeah. happening, but if you could just kind of go play some games or something, maybe you would. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just hard to know. Like, were, were we thinking about it wrong in terms of it being like a game or is it just like it's meant to mostly be a story? Right. And, and I think that's probably the, the big takeaway is that like the, the plot is always trudging forward and the plot is always going where it's going. It's sort of like you get to, to choose how much of it you want to, to be there for. Right. You know, and, and probably some of it is almost like watching the um, like, if if you are someone who is a Star Wars fan to the tune of like you watch like the main movies, but you don't watch like Clone Wars or Rebels or Bad Batch or Book of Boba Fett, Mandalorian, you know, like these these offshoots. Yeah. It's like you can still easily go and enjoy the main episodes, no problem at all. You might know like a little extra detail if you've consumed all those others, like, oh, that's that person. I know them from the thing. From the thing. Yeah. So it's kind of like, no matter what, you know, if, if, if all you do is just follow the main plot that they're showing you, like in the central atrium, it's like, you'll understand what happened. Yeah. It's just mostly like, do you want to be able to be like, Ooh, but I also know how this person got in and where and why they were here. And right. Yeah. So anyway, it was an incredible experience. Yes. It was, it was really, really, really cool. Um, I think it, it's kind of funny because I feel like we we did our review of it last week on the Super Carlin Brothers channel where I think we talked about like everything we were mind blown with. And I feel like everything we just went through was maybe more of like our our critiques. Yeah. Um, on the whole, I would say that it's a it's a pretty unreal experience. Uh, it the there's a couple of like footnotes here being one is that it's a rather expensive thing to do. Right. Um. And I think I think it's, you know, a little bit of a niche market in terms of people who can afford it, first and foremost, um, people who are super Star Wars fans and then people who want to be involved with this live action, interactive. Yeah. You know, like on- improv style experience. Yeah. Experience. yeah. Um, 
But you know, if it's, it's, you know, it's all a matter of like, what's like, if, if it is your dream to live in the star Wars universe for two days, then fantastic news that now exists. Like yeah, the, you now can, there is no better way. There is, to do it. There, there is no better way to do it. It's extremely immersive. And even though you're, it's like just a, like for us, it was a two night stay. Like, what was kind of cool about it is that like once you're on the ship it's like it's like you're in space yeah like i'm not even sure they didn't have some effect going in the building that like simulated getting your sea legs or something it did seem like that and you and i both independently noticed that like you know like in the first i don't know maybe hour of being on they were kind of like is it like a little bit of a weebly wobble? Yeah, it felt, like a, it felt like a little weeble wobble happening. Yeah. I was like, I don't know why they would intentionally do this other than to make it seem more realistic, which it did. Yeah. Or if it was just that like the environment and the uh, every window you look at, like there's no like true windows. Like you were saying, you never see the state of Florida once right. it happens. Like all the windows in the ship look out to space. Yeah. So like maybe your brain just like subconsciously takes that in and is like, hey, this is weird. I'm in space. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like your, your brain is like trying to tell you where you are. Yeah. Uh, which is really interesting. So the, the other big thing I've said about this too, is that like, if it ends up not being successful, like if this ends up sort of being like, Oh, like, you know, like 20 years ago, they tried to do this thing. It's, it won't be because it isn't good like that. If, if there ends up being a situation where it where like this doesn't remain a property or if, if it's like too niche. Yeah, it, it's not because it's not the, the quality's not there. Yeah. Like, once you get there, even if it's even if it's a huge stretch to be able to financially do it, you're not going to be like you're not going to be wondering like, well, well, like where, where did my money go? You know, like what, what am I paying for? It's like, yeah, you'll know, you'll know. Um, so this is, this is like one of those, um, like weird rules of Disney that you can pick up on if you, uh, go, if you, if you've been a few times is that like Disney is never not giving you your money's worth on stuff. They're just not giving you the option to not pay for a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they don't believe in diet anything. There's only the large popcorn. Yeah. There's only the large popcorn. It's not like, oh yeah, let me get this. It's like you, you might order like, you know, a $15 chicken dollar, like chicken finger platter or something. Be like, man, prices at Disney, $15 for chicken fingers. And it's like, they gave you $15 worth of chicken fingers. Don't you worry. Oh yeah. Like, it's, it's a lot. The trick is there's no option to buy less than $15 worth of chicken fingers. So to, to that end, it's like you, you will get what you pay for. It's like it, it, the price tag on it is high, but like, is the value there? Like, yes, it is. It yeah. is there. Um, um, it's just like, there's no, there's no way to get this experience for, cheaper right but right but you will get everything you pay for yep so i'm i'm really 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 curious to know uh because i know there were tons of people there this past weekend kind of going through the process going through all this stuff um i'm curious to see what the general like mood is towards it like what the excitement is towards it and and uh, like even with all that in mind is this just the first of its kind like is there a scenario where there's a, a Marvel campus you go and stay at. That's, that's just like this, you know, but like you're at Avengers HQ and you're right. You know, you're seeing, you know, yeah. Captain America and Iron Man walking around and all of a sudden, no, no Ultron's attacking and they need your help. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's like, it, it feels like 
it, it's like so cutting edge that there could be more it, yes of it, this it does feel possible like there there could be more especially i i would bet there will be especially if this is successful yes yeah yep, exactly so uh definitely let us know what you, what you think if you if you have any other questions about it if you have any feedback for us about uh this this particular experience i know that we talked about it on the super carlin brothers channel we have a vlog that's coming out about it and we've talked about it here on the pop so hopefully in some capacity you will be able to have seen our general sentiment and feelings towards all of the things <laughs> yeah uh one way or another get a better feel for what exactly was going on so if you want to send in any of that feedback you can send it over to popcornculturepod at gmail.com again if you would like to check out our fantastic top 10 facts you didn't know about abe lincoln yeah we have that entire episode of after the final pop available over at patreon.com slash popcorn culture uh sort of under that umbrella is the idea that each week after each episode jay and i record after the final pop it's an extra 15 to 20 minutes of bonus pop content for you uh at the five dollar tier again patreon.com slash popcorn culture but otherwise guys thank you so much for tuning in until next time pop pop